0: This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the L.A. Football Network. Stay jiggy. Hey,
1: this is Chris Rupp II, Chargers outside linebacker. And make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Glad Chargers, Chargers Unleashed. Sebastian Joseph, they know the vibes. We outside. Are you checking in with Mike Williams from the L.A. Chargers, and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed.
0: You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Heffner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake after it, Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, will be brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bold Family, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, it is officially, officially, we could say it, I've been wanting to say it for the past two months, but it is officially draft season. As it relates to the Los Angeles Chargers, the offseason is here. The Super Bowl for the 2023 season is officially in the books, or 2022 season, however you want to look at it. Uh, And all eyes now go to the upcoming Combine, which gets started here on March 2nd, just in a couple of weeks. Free agency thereafter. And then the end of April, April 27th, the NFL draft, where everybody starts at zero and 32 teams try to figure out a way (laughs) to contend with the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: (laughs) Yes, we are full speed ahead into NFL draft discussions, which is as you can imagine, as you can see or hear is probably Jake's favorite time of year. Uh, So this is basically going to be like Christmas and Groundhog Day put together, but in the best of ways for a one Jake Hefner. I like it. Uh, Jake, how are you feeling today about this episode, this new frontier that we're about to go on to for the next several weeks? I mean... If this is the type of conversation
0: that forces me to not look at what just happened over the last couple of weeks of the Chargers playoff debacle and ultimately ended up what happened, it took place in the Super Bowl, this is your therapy. And this is what I would highly advise to anybody that has to go through a franchise losing season as far as what to look forward to, something to get your mind out of the gutter. Look to this time of the year. It is tremendous therapy. I have been doing it. Vigorously for the last (laughs)
1: 10 years. And I can tell you, as a man of experience, it feels phenomenal. Thank you, NFL Draft, for saving my man here, Jake Hefner. So today we're going to kind of discuss the overarching overall 2023 NFL Draft strategy for the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, before we get into all the specific players and kind of going to the top one through 10 rankings in each position, which we will do, I think it's a little bit early personally, but we'll get to it eventually. I think it's important, Jake, and we're going to talk about this, like what the strategy could and maybe should be for the Chargers going into this draft. Like where sh- where they should take or look at certain positions in this draft or maybe where they shouldn't. You know, where are some of the, the strengths in the draft? Maybe where we should look to for some possible sleepers or some possible favorites that we have already early on. And obviously, we'll get into kind of what positions the Chargers need to target this year. Uh, but Jake, over under for you. I know you love the draft talk, so let's talk about it. Over under. Uh, everybody. So many people are talking about Chargers going wide receiver in round one, which I'm gonna preface. I don't know if we should do this. But over under, total number of wide receivers that go in the first round in the NFL, so thirty one possible players. I'm gonna put the over under at four and a half. What
0: are you well, taking? How many
1: how many ended up going last year? Was it
0: st- five or six that ended up going in the first round. Don't put me on a
1: spot. I don't know.
0: Well, I know it was more than four. (laughs) So given the (laughs) line that you just gave, now see, this is very interesting because three weeks ago in mock drafts, you probably saw maybe three wide receivers going in the first round on the early mock drafts. Now you look at like some of the mock drafts. Now that we're getting closer to the combine, now that the senior bowl is in the books, and you've gotten a chance to watch a little bit more of these guys. Now some people have five and above. The skill positions are starting to, the cream going to the to the top type thing as far as it relates to the offensive skill positions. So you know, you put the line at four. I'm, I'm four, gonna and go, four and a half. I'm Four and a half. Okay, I'm going to go over over that because I think by the time we get to April and what we see these guys do at the combine and at their pro days, I, I think you're going to have enough guys, especially towards the back end of the draft go in offensive skill positions.
1: All right, four and a half. He's taking the over. Jake, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online before we get into this Chargers draft strategy. Well, a reminder for everybody that you're always going to find the latest odds,
0: team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all sports wagering information, featuring live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. So head on over to BetOnline.ag today and join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, and make sure to use that promo code. Believe that's
1: B-L-E-A-V and receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Jake. We know how this season ended. The previous season ended. Mm -hmm. And we've heard lots of people clamoring for probably two positions mostly. If we're looking at kind of social media, I would say tight end and wide receiver are the two positions that folks are targeting most for the NFL draft. But there are also some like sleeper positions that could possibly be taken this year by the Chargers at number 21. So, Jake, I maybe setting the stage here a bit. Like in let's just call it generally speaking for the Chargers specifically. What are their needs? We know, we know tight end. We know wide receiver. But there are others that I don't think folks are kind of I don't think they're focusing on much because those two sure are big, but like there's a lot more than just that. What are the other positions that you see them targeting early or maybe just generally this draft?
0: Well, you know, the, the list of needs could definitely change from a priority standpoint, depending on what happens between now and free agency, are the charters going to be able to bring back drew tranquil? Are they going to bring back Trey Pipkins? Most people believe obviously that is that those are their top two in-house free agents that they need to prioritize once they get their salary cap situation under wraps. Uh, If they don't, then this could change the entire outlook of what the Chargers are going to be doing when it comes to end of April. But I definitely think as it stands right now, some secondary positions outside of wide receiver and tight end, I think you have to look at the edge position at least in the first two rounds. You have to because you saw what this team was like when you didn't have Joey Bosa. And unfortunately, they chose to stack their roster in a way that they didn't have the necessary depth to withstand an injury like Mm -hmm. that. So you have to go out there and reload that position. I think eventually you get a little bit more depth along the defensive line. Obviously, the Chargers suffered a number of different injuries at that position alone. You lost Tito. You lost Austin Johnson. You lost Christian Covington. Obviously, Jerry Tillery ended up getting cut. So your depth was very much tested. So you need to reload that at some point in the draft. Another one, Dan, we talked about this a few weeks back, but when neither of us, and I assume a lot of people don't as well expect Nasir Adderley to return to this team at the safety position. You still kind of have an unknown at what JT Woods is going to bring to this team. Alohi Gilman, I thought, stepped up very well when he got some starter reps. But you still need to solidify that position with a little bit more depth to see who is going to be the guy that's going to step up next to Derwin James. And... You got to figure out your linebacker position because even if you bring back Drew Tranquil and having Kenneth Murray as your incumbent starters, you have to find some depth behind that unit because it is extremely thin.
1: And you can't forget offensive line depth. That's another one that I don't think the Chargers could ever get enough of kind of with the history of, of this team. So, again, we talked Edge, corner, safety, wide receiver, tight end. We didn't even mention running back, but folks are talking about running back, which we'll get into for the Bijan John Robinson folks out there. Um, offensive line, defensive line, like a bunch of positions could get addressed. So let's start off with kind of first round stuff. Okay, I think that's where everybody's kind of thinking. Everybody gets excited about And you hear all these fun names, Michael Mayer, tight end, Notre Dame guy. You hear Zay Flowers everywhere, Boston College, wide receiver. You hear... Myself, Tank Dell, out of Houston, guys an Absolute Blazer. There's so many guys that fit, I think, what the Chargers could possibly need. Dalton Kincaid, another tight end. Folks are all over, myself included. This draft is interesting in a sense that, again, it's early. We haven't even gotten to the combine yet. But as it stands now, there are positional strengths in this draft that are not Common. <laughs> and then there are some more or less weaknesses that I think can be in the Chargers' favor. Tight end wide receiver, I think, are the top two probably in terms of like what the Chargers are, Chargers fans seem are hopeful for. That doesn't necessarily mean that they need to go wide receiver tight end in round one, round two. I think that's something that folks need to come around to. Like I could just imagine the the firestorms. If the Chargers go edge, for example, in round one, and Chargers fans watch any or all or whoever position from the skill side go, Chargers fans are gonna freak out. That doesn't mean you're not gonna get a good one. It doesn't <laughs> mean you're not gonna get a good one. But that's gonna be crazy. Like that's gonna be I mean, I see that happens. I mean, Dan, you couldn't really blame
0: them. I mean, look, everybody thought that the Charters were going to get that speed wide receiver that everybody was talking about last year. And not only did you pass it up in the first round to solidify your offensive line, which in retrospect was a great move, but after you traded away your pick to acquire Khalil Mack and in the third round and in the fourth round, you still (laughs) fail... To address the speed need at wide receiver. Meantime, second round came and there went the skill positions, and a guy like Sky Moore ends up falling right in Kansas City's lap. So however you want to take that. But Dan, I mean, look, if you if that scenario that you just played out, could you really blame Chargers fans for losing their collective minds given? Given the status of the wide receiver situation as it stands right now, let's not forget there is a number of different questions that are revolving around Keenan Allen right now. Now, okay. Dan and I went into this in depth that we expect Keenan Allen to be part of this team one way or another next year. If he was not, the only way I could see that happening is that if, the, if Tom Telesco was able to work a trade for him. But let's just go with what we expect to be on the roster next year, your wide receiver core of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. Behind that, Obviously, Jalen Guyton is coming back off of his big injury that he suffered last year. DeAndre Carter and Michael Bandy were not able to pick up the slack when they were given a little bit more So, And your wide receiver group was tested last year with a number of different injuries that you had. So you need to find another weapon. And as Brandon Staley said, another gear from an offensive standpoint in order to contend with that team in Kansas City.
1: I get it. I think what I'm getting, where I go more towards is if there is no wide receiver taken in round one, am I excited? No. Am I, you know, nervous a little, if there's no wide receiver tight end taken in day one or day two. Yeah. I'm freaking out like 100%. Like I think day two is kind of the make or break time for some of these offensive weapons that we're going to get into. But for folks talking about, like, oh, we need to go wide receiver in round one, like, I almost very much disagree that we need to go wide receiver in, in day one. And in my opinion, like, there aren't many wide receivers that I would pick for the Chargers in day one, let alone at 21. So you hear a lot of people talk about Let's just kind of get into some of the names, like Zay Flowers. You people talk about Jalen Hyatt. You hear people talking about uh, Smith Jigba a little bit. You hear about Jordan Addison, all these kinds of guys. I'm not saying these guys aren't going to be good NFL players. But when you have an offense, again, we're presumably going to have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on this team, and you're searching for a wide receiver three-slash-slot-slash-offensive weapon. This wide receiver class has so many that fit that bill, like a dozen (laughs) that fit that bill of speedy, explosive, yak, rack, you name it, like separation, take the top off the defense, gadgetry. Like there's so many guys that fit that bill. It just seems like folks are setting themselves up for, for like disaster. When Zay Flowers goes somewhere else, this fan base is going to go into a frenzy. And I'm like, guys, there are, literally there are 10 guys who have that same archetype as Zay Flowers. Now, are they the exact same player? No. But do they do some of the same things? And could they be used the same way with a clever offensive coordinator? <clears throat> Kellen Moore? Absolutely.
0: For a little bit more context of what Dan is talking about, let's remind everybody that in this year's Combine, Fifty. That's five zero. Fifty wide receivers were invited to this year's combine, and as Dan was explaining, there it's not everybody's in the same frame. There's more. It's a more contingent of smaller wide receivers in this class. But good news for the
1: Chargers. The the
0: skill set between all these guys are very very close. You don't have your traditional past years of wide receiver class where you have the three or the four that you know that are going to be surefire first round type guys you know the traditional prototype big bodied separation go up and get it there's not a big group of those guys you have those guys in this draft but there's not a big contingent of them it's a different type of a class so it's more surplus if you will and again the chargers however you want to take it May, are not necessarily looking for a number one wide receiver, but you, you do need another weapon. So I get everything that Dan is saying there, and I fully agree with it. And to just make it a broader scope on just my personal feelings on the matter. I think the Chargers need to go offensive skill position two out of the first three rounds in this and whether, whether what order that is, whether what round that is, whether it's tight end first, whether it's wide receiver first, I don't care, but Two out of your first three round picks need to be spent for an offensive skill position.
1: I'm putting you on the spot here, Jake. Just to kind of get people a little bit more relaxed with the need for wide receiver in day one. Let's go back and forth. Let's see how far we can go. Speed, gadgetry, blazer, possible chargers fits that are in that same mold. <laughs> how many can we come up with? Without looking at anything, I'm not looking at I'm looking <laughs> right at you. Take, but don't look at your other screen. Here we go. All right. So Zay Flowers one. I'll start. Jalen Hyatt, two. See, you already took my first two off the board. So Sorry, fine. Go ahead. Keep
0: going. <laughs> nice job, clown. Uh Josh Downs would be another one, but I okay. think that he's a prime day two guy. Fine. I don't think that he's going in the first round. So
1: I agree. Uh, not necessarily day one, day two. Not not necessarily day one or day two, but just like guys that fit that build guys that characters well. need. Yes. Yeah. Josh Downs. Okay. Nathaniel D- Dell. Tank Dell. Yes.
0: One. Dan, one of your favorites, Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati.
1: Tyler Scott's another one. There's the, I don't want to butcher his name, but there's that track star. Uh, he was at the senior bowl, Ichivas, of us, of us. I forget his name. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Uh, uh, Parker Washington. Yes. There's, um, the guy from Texas. I forget his name. Uh, Mingo, I think. Oh, what's his name or Oklahoma. Sorry. Oklahoma, not Texas. I was cheating here, looking at my board. You would. <laughs> but, like, there are so many guys that can do what Zay Flowers does. Now, is are they, again, are they the same? No. But that archetype that you need, offensive weapon gadgetry, like, I literally could rattle off 10 names for you. And so, like, pump the brakes on possible, like, it's wide receiver, round one, or bust. Tight end, though. Jake kind of go to a different position. Different story. For the first time in, I don't know how long... Like Sorry, the tight you're end about, position, the
0: deepest class.
1: Tight end might be the strongest of any position group in this class, and from a top, from like a top-heavy perspective, which like is wild. We could see legitimately. We could see four, five, what four or five tight ends go in the first round. Like, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like Dalton Kincaid, I think will. Michael Mayer, I think will. Mm-hmm. The guy from Georgia, I think very well could. Luke Musgrave,
0: Luke Musgrave is a big riser right now. That's
1: already four. <laughs> like, So tight end is a position that I could totally see the Chargers going in round one. And some people might not like that. But if you look at kind of the writing on the wall with some of his coaching staff that has been brought in for this Chargers team, paired with what the Chargers lack currently on the roster behind Jael Everett, right now, all we have is Trey McKinney. Donald Parham is not signed. Nope. We don't really know what's going on there. So like there needs to be something there. And then you add the fact that Kellen Moore's coming tight end emphasis. You have some of the coaching staff has been emphasizing tight end improvements. Like it makes sense. If, and
0: if, you you pay, can, if you pay attention to some of the chargers coaching moves outside of Kellen Moore and you kind of dig a little bit deeper I think the emphasis on tight end for whoever the Chargers have at the position for next year, there's going to be much more of an emphasis to get a lot more out of that group.
1: I definitely am more okay with the Chargers going tight end in round one than I am wide receiver in round one. Because in my eyes, I feel like getting receiver in round one seems to be, to me, to be a bit of a reach for what the Chargers are looking for specifically in a wide receiver three. They don't need like the X or Y receiver right now, like maybe for the future, but they're trying to win right now. So for the guys that they need, the archetype they need, I would totally see them go tight end. Now, after those two, after those two, well, actually, before I go there, of those first two groups, let's just say tight end, wide receiver. let's just say those two are in the first three rounds, which we'll get into kind of the wild card, which is like the third position. Who are some like possible pairings? That would be dream scenarios. I go back a couple years, and you and I had talked about the Rashawn Slater, Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, that 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 was
0: that was a wet dream that I didn't think that was possible, and then it was possible.
1: Yep, yep. (laughs) So that so what are what are some of your maybe a couple of those scenarios that if blank and blank somehow are Chargers in twenty twenty three after day two, holy hell.
0: That's a great question, Dan. I just, man, see now this. If you are going to get like a legitimate pair, then you would have to guarantee me that the Chargers are going one combination or another between tight end and wide receiver in the first two rounds. I don't think that there's any way that you can get around this if you were to do one and one and then one and three. You maybe still could, but it would still. It. Be, I think you do it. It'd still be a stretch because I think wide receiver for day two is that's going to be the huge run on wide receivers. But just going off the top of my head, I mean, anybody that you'd like to pair with Dalton Kincaid.
1: Yes, is, please. Yes, it's going to be queen. a winner.
0: So guys that I think that are legit day two prospects, one of your favorites being tank Dell, Josh Downs is another one uh, going down there a little bit more. I think that Jalen the highlights draft stock, especially after the, the combine is going to elevate to the first round. So some people had him as like an early second. I don't think that's going to be the case by the time we get around to it. Uh, looking at a couple other guys, AT Perry from wake forest. I think you may actually be able to get him by the chargers uh, as far as the second yeah. Parker Washington, definitely day two. Um, like Michael him. Wilson, who we know had a very, very good week of the senior bowl out of Stanford. That's another one. Um,
1: Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. Okay, you're you're bringing up a bunch of guys. I'm talking dream scenario. I mean, so okay, you if, said you said Dalton you said, Kincaid round one. I mean, if you said okay,
0: I mean, again, this this hones into what you were saying as far as the wide receiver class, as far as it being this deep. But it, yes, if I was, if I had to choose as far as dream scenarios of what I think would be a perfect fit for this offense, probably would narrow it down to three names: Dalton Kincaid paired with. Tank Dell, Josh Downs. And as I'm looking at my list here... Actually, I'm kind of stuck between these last two. Either Jaden Reed or Parker Washington.
1: Really? I would
0: I would really like a combination with Dalton Kincaid with any of those four guys.
1: All right, now... But, but, uh, before we go into, I'm gonna flip it on you. But before we go into the flip, I'm gonna tell you right now, my dream scenario. I'm all. I in know this. what your, I know what your dream scenario is. <laughs> and you Don can't Kin- wait to talk about this individual in a more deep dive. Yes. Dalton Kincaid, Tank Dell. If we, can, if the Chargers can somehow get those two guys in the first two days, I will be on cloud nine. I don't even smoke cigars, but I'll go find one <laughs> to smoke because man, that would make me happy. Now, Jay, other way. Let's say Chargers go. Edge, or corner, or something else. Or maybe go wide receiver in round one, not tight end. What's your dream scenario? So like they, they could, for example, they could go wide receiver in round one, and then they could go, I don't know, tight end, corner, who, who knows. <sighs> Getting
0: to that point, if we're talking about like day two tight ends. Well, would you want a day two tight end? I mean... Again, you're talking about now the probably the deepest class as far as a measurement of number of guys with great talent as it relates to the tight end group. I think the tight end class, the safety class, and the corner class are probably the deepest as it relates to how many guys, what they can do, more top and heavy, if you will. So if the Chargers went tight or excuse me, wide receiver in
1: round one, I wouldn't put it past them to go tie it in in round two. Who's your your receiver for day one right now? Right now. I know it's early. see, You have to tailor this now
0: to, okay, everybody could start their lists off with Addison, with Quentin Johnson, but to me, those aren't necessarily the wide receivers that they need with what
1: they already have. For the Chargers. Correct.
0: So looking at that, I mean, I don't, I don't know how high Jalen Hyatt's stock is going to rise, but if the Chargers found some type of a combination, whether it was by trading down or if he is the best available at that point in time, I wouldn't mind Jalen Hyatt given his skill set as far as pairing him with this Chargers
1: offense. For folks who Um, haven't seen him, kind of looks to me kind of like a Christian Watson last year coming out of the draft. And you saw what he did at the end of the season with the Packers. So uh, not a bad pick. Jalen Hyatt, or excuse me, um, Zay Flowers, Dan. Now, I know that I
0: am much more bullish on him than you are, but as an overall explosive weapon and juice that needs to be brought to this Chargers offense. And I know some people, you're one of them, Dan, think that 21 may be too rich for Zay Flowers. I think there is a legitimate reason why he is being considered this high. And again, it's, is he the biggest guy? No. Is, can he outjump a lot of people? No. Is he the fastest guy? No. But in terms of what he brings to the table, in terms of versatile skill set, that is something unlike any weapon that the Chargers currently have. <laughs> and I would love to see in a Kellen Moore-led offense with the rest of the pieces that they have around them, what you could do if you were to insert a Zay Flowers and utilize him the way that he was utilized
1: at Boston. I mean, look. I like Zay Flowers. I really like Zay Flowers. If the Chargers pick Zay Flowers at 21, while I would not agree with it, and while I would not do it if it was me as Tom Telesco, I could understand it for sure. And I can be talked into it. Like, I I get it. I don't think it's a bad pick. But I think it's a strategy different than the way I would do it. Um, Jalen Hyatt would be fun. You know, some people are concerned, though. Like, should the Chargers invest something that high on someone who is? I don't, I don't want to pigeonhole Jalen Hyatt here, but in terms of like the versatility, there's no question that Zay Flowers is more versatile than Jalen Hyatt. Like he kind of has the kind of like a one trick pony. He can blaze past you, but if you can't do that, then what does he do? I don't know. Um, Zay Flowers would be fun. And then I think there's a bunch of tight ends. That you can get in round two, uh, so that's kind of the tight end wide receiver discussion. Um, this is the part that I want to kind of get into that I think Chargers fans need to start preparing for is like that,
0: that Tom Telesco is going to screw up the third pick, and that they're yeah. not going to, and that Tom <laughs> Telesco is going to select the person th- that none of the Chargers fan base wanted him to select, heard of or heard of, i.e. JT. Would. Come on, guys, that's been happening for the last. <laughs> 10 years or so.
1: <laughs> so just prepare for it. So, and not necessarily in the third round, but I think Chargers fans need to come to the realization that, like, there are positions the Chargers could easily go in day one or day two that they might not be ready for. Like, people are poo pooing the idea of the Chargers going cornerback in round one. And while I wouldn't do it, And while I believe in the current cornerback room, and while there's still a lot of question marks with the J.C. Jackson thing, in my eyes, that is not the position that needs the most help right now. But looking at who the head coach is and looking at what he loves and looking at what he can't get enough of and looking at the J.C. Jackson situation, we don't know what he's going to look like from his recovery. He brought J.C. Jackson in to be that guy. So if you don't have that guy, I can totally see them going out and trying to get that guy. Would I do it? No. But, like, I could see it happening. I I, would, I wouldn't I would be shocked. Would you? I'd be disappointed. <laughs> but I wouldn't be shocked. That's going to be a little bit confused. A you little know? G- well, I mean,
0: you know, you start to think about, and again... Everything's subjective as it stands right now, as Stephen A. Smith likes to say, everything is fluid. Everything could totally change by the time April 27th rolls around. Depending on who's on the board, I will say this, yeah. If Brandon Staley decided to go the route of corner and a guy like Joey Porter Jr. was on the board, see? That'd be fun. That would that would probably be the only <laughs> circumstance that I could say, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> The, 21 the alabama, look the alabama guys, for
1: him makes sense. The I alabama kid I like too. Branch I believe. I like him. But again, would I do it? I don't know. I I don't think so. Same with the running back. Okay, so that's another one. Jake, we're seeing a lot of people talk about like Bajan Robinson at 21. How How high are you on that happening? Like would you, would you what would the first word that comes to mind, Chargers are on the clock, Bajon Robinson available. And then with the 21st overall pick, the Chargers select Bajon Robinson, running back, oh, Texas. What well, first word comes to your mind? See, I, it, it's it, the unfortunate part it
0: is Dan, is that I can't just say one word because it would be like a full, complete sentence that comes. <laughs> and I, and I am by no means demeaning the value of Bijan Robinson, because the man is going to be an electric playmaker for whatever. Agreed. Has a t- Agreed. agreed. Here is the context of why it's a a little bit, I don't want to say, let's just say confusing for this circumstance. Because if you were to take Bijan Robinson, I think that that's trying to be like a power flex move from Tom Telesco to prove that he can draft a running back. Because you drafted Larry Roundtree, you drafted Joshua Kelly you drafted Isaiah Spiller last year and you didn't even use him. So if you drafted someone of Bijan John Robinson's caliber, which, look, I get it. A Great combination player. of him and Austin Eckler in the backfield could do magic. But you have essentially then said by doing that, that you admit to failing by drafting Larry Roundtree, Joshua Kelly, and, was- and essentially wasted a pick on Isaiah Spiller in the fourth round last year. That's the two sides of coin. You're getting an electric playmaker, but you're essentially saying that you whiffed or almost made
1: those other picks just obsolete. I don't disagree. And then on top of that, are you spending a first round pick on basically a tandem backfield for next year? Uh, When you already have a guy who got 18 touchdowns last year. I don't, I don't know. And I don't necessarily know how Bijan Robinson helps Justin Herbert get better. Look, does it take the load off of Justin Herbert a bit? Sure. Sure. Does it help the running game? Absolutely. But like, you know yeah. what else helps the run the run game? Passing. An <laughs> offensive line that knows how to block. Yes. And in my eyes, it kind of seems like the it seems like a backwards way to build your offensive roster when you have a talent like justin herbert it just seems to me and i might be crazy it just seems to me so counterintuitive when you have a franchise quarterback with a skill set of justin herbert and then you want to build it around making him not have to be superman like i love justin herbert he's the greatest quarterback top five blah blah, blah, blah but i want to run more because i don't want to put as much on him like do you see, like, do you see Josh Allen, like, getting less on his shoulders? Do you see Patrick Mahomes getting less on his shoulders? Look what's happening in Cincinnati. Like, Jalen Hurts is literally doing it all. Look at Joe Burrow, Like, so many of these top-tier quarterbacks are shouldering the load, and they are loading up on weapons for them. I just don't I don't agree with the let's just give him a running game so that we can, we can be more balanced and he doesn't have to do as much. Like, I'm like, no. Let him do everything. Give him everything. If I'm going to go out as GM and I'm in the hot seat like he is, like Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley are, am I going to go out and rely on our running game to all of a sudden carry me or am I going to rely on my franchise generational talent? I'm sorry. I'm going to give that guy as many things as I can to help him succeed. And I'll I'll live with it. I'll live with it.
0: There's two things that may be able to be in consideration if the Chargers ended up taking Bijan Robinson in the first round. And this is, oh. has nothing to do with the talent or what he's going to be able to produce, oh. but people will start immediately saying, wow, Kellen Moore is really going to implement the Dallas Cowboys offense into this system.
1: And there's no
0: way that could very well spell <laughs> the end <laughs> of certain tenures as it relates to the coaching staff with this team following next year, if that was to happen.
1: There's just no way like I just I, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see that happening. And so I I, I'll i stand on it. I don't see the Chargers going running back at all in round one. I don't care if it's John Robinson available or not. I just don't see it. Um, so that's kind of like the the top end. So like they could go corner. They could go tight end wide receiver. I doubt they go offensive line that early. I think you'll see a lot because realistically, they need depth pieces, not sure. Well, depending on whether or not Trey
0: Pipkins yes. ends up coming back, again, circumstantial. If that ends up happening, you may yep. see the Chargers spend for the third consecutive year another pick in the first round to invest in their offensive line.
1: Yep, yep. Realistically, they could totally go edge. There's a bunch of edge guys available that I think we'll see good ones in day two and possibly day three as well. Again, we're looking at depth pieces, and the reason I'm focusing on some of those at the beginning is these could be starters that the Chargers need versus depth pieces behind starters. Um, if my eyes, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see the Chargers go two receivers and a tight end in this draft class. And they could easily go, like, for example, if they went Kincaid or Mayer or Musgrove, whatever, in day one, And then day two, they don't draft a wide receiver until the third round, they can still get a damn good one that does what the Chargers team needs. Like, I don't think this is what this is a class where, like, if you don't get a receiver in the first two rounds, you're screwed. Like, that's not what this class seems like to me. Because the archetype that is so prevalent in this class is what the Chargers need. Like, there aren't many of the like six, three, six, five tier one X receivers in this class. There just aren't like there was last year or the year before the year for that. So I don't know, a little bit more flexible, a little bit more fluid. Like Stephen A says, in terms of like what I could see the chargers doing. I just, the running back one, I would have to really stew on for a bit. If they went running back corner, I would, I wouldn't be shocked. I could, I could understand it, but I think that, They should go a different direction. Obviously, wide receiver, tight end are probably the two biggest needs. And some people ask, like, why tight end? Why do we need tight end? We have why not? No, but we have we have Gerald Everett. Like he was pretty good. He's improved every year. He's been a tight end. Like we're getting a better offensive play caller. We're getting a bunch of tight end influence for coaching. Like why can't we just roll with that and get a bring back Donald Parham or go to day three tight end? Like why do we need tight end?
0: the the tight end position in general over the last two years for the chargers has not produced what we all thought during training camp over the last two years should have produced when the chargers had jared cook and donald parham we expected to see much more two tight end sets unfortunately we didn't see that in the red zone and there were many two drops from our tight end groups at that point in time last year We were expecting a little bit more of a jump from Trey McKitty. You were getting Donald Parham back off of injury. You reload that tight end position with Gerald Everett. I think you you have a much more dynamic tight end weapon with Gerald Everett in this lineup. No question about it. But once again, didn't see as many tight end sets as we normally would in the red zone. The Chargers struggled horribly in the red zone. And once again, Donald Parham had to deal with a hamstring injury for a majority of this year. Trey McKitty still has not developed into what they expected him to develop into, unfortunately. So when you're talking about contending with the likes of the teams that are in the AFC, and when you see the Bills doing what they can to reload weapons for Josh Allen, When you see Kansas City just constantly recycling their weapons, no matter who it is, Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to thrive. When you see what Joe Burrow can do in Cincinnati with the weapons that they have put around him, you need to do this for your quarterback that you are expecting to sign to a long-term deal here. Even look at
1: Miami. Look what they brought around Tua. You spent the last two years
0: fortifying an offensive line for Justin Herbert, and that was the right move to do at that point in time.
1: Now you need to fortify the skill positions around him. So I think it's going to be, I'm excited to kind of get into some of these positional breakdowns because I think there are more guys than folks know of. Like, you know, people see a few highlight reels and then they see, you know, Zay Flower name, and they see folks on senior bowl highlights and they're like, oh, that's the guy, that's the guy. Which like I get the excitement around him, but there aren't many people talking about some of the underbelly classmen in this draft class that I think are really good. So I, I can't wait to do that. Um, what position are we going to do first, by the way, when we get into this? I
0: mean, wide receiver just seems so tempting. It really does just to kind of get it out of the way. And oh, to take it you, should we? It. I mean, Dan, you're chomping at the bit to talk about. I am. Tank Dell. In greater fashion. So why torture yourself if if you if you really want it that bad? Let's talk about it. There's a number of guys to talk about in that class. Uh, I would love to flip it to the tight end class, but I mean we already kind of know how that's going to go and wh- who we're going to be talking about as it relates to that class. The edge class, who has guys like Nolan Smith, if the Chargers ended up wanting to select him in the first round at 21, I would not be opposed to that. And P.S. It is no secret that Brandon Staley is a fan of Georgia. Just hired a Georgia assistant to come in and be a quality control cho- uh, quality control coach, and if you've been paying attention to that Georgia defense over the last two years, it's been nothing but phenomenal. And Nolan Smith just so happens to play for the Georgia Bulldogs, so just keep that in mind. Remember the old traditions where Tom Telesco would always draft somebody from Notre Dame. I think I think it's now kind of shifted where Brandon Staley is going to draft somebody from Georgia because he's drafted three people from Georgia over the last two years.
1: <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I mean there's a bunch of edge guys. Like Lucas Van Ness is out there, Derek Hall's out there, Keon White's out there. Like there's a there's a lot of folks in the kind of the area that I think the Chargers could use. The USC kid, I'm gonna butcher his name, uh Thule something, I forget his name, uh, love him. And he has kind of like that fun uh rush to the quarterback that I think the Chargers could use from a depth perspective. Like so many different directions and I think what's important for Chargers fans to kind of remember as we get into this time is like there isn't just one solution here like there are so many guys but I think all of us can agree they need more offensive weapons and they need speed yeah. so if we make it through day one and two and offensive weapon and speed are not addressed not (sighs) Like there's only so much you can do to Chargers kick the Twitter can down the will road to be
0: on fire if
1: that happens. And I would imagine honestly, probably some of the Chargers players would be on fire. Like like pitchforks on fire. <laughs> so I again offensive weapon and speed. You can get that a bunch of different ways. But if that is not addressed by the end of day two. There are going to be some serious questions by fans, by us, by national media. Like it's going to be a bad look. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, anything else, Jake? Want to kind of discuss and kind of overarching twenty twenty three NFL draft strategy talk for these charges before we get out of here? Uh, you know, I, I know we
0: touched on the quarterback class a little bit as as far as another position that I think that they will put a high priority. in, even though you know it is pretty, uh, corner it's more, more of a quarter corner, sorry. Uh it's more of a deeper class is the safety position because obviously you still have to shore that up. Um I personally have two of my favorites that we'll get into uh later on in the uh during our draft discussion when we ultimately come around the safety class. Um that I think would be a perfect versatile type fit as far as the skill sets goes. Guys that can play safety, free, strong, nickel corner. They have that versatile skill set that, that that would mix, mix very well with the Chargers defense. Um, didn't really get a chance to go into linebacker more, Dan. And that will be an interesting one to feel out. And especially, as we said, much like the offensive tackle position, if if uh, if Drew Tranquil does not end up coming back for whatever reason, I still don't see how they can let him out of the building with what you currently have at that linebacker spot. But if that happens... This is going to turn into a much different conversation as far as the the need for
1: linebacker goes. Thankfully, linebackers, unfortunately for them, don't make much money relatively, in, and in they're the not NFL highly NFL. prioritized. So, exactly, so, what are they going to do? <laughs> I don't know, but I the guess they won't news. be running any linebackers out in defense then. If the, that ends up happening, Jake Hefner now starting at. Yeah, outside we'll, linebacker just, we'll convert all chargers. of our,
0: We'll convert Derwin James to to a middle linebacker, and who and you know maybe JT Woods is big enough to play the linebacker spot. So we'll just convert mm. them, and we'll <laughs> reload in the secondary, and that'll solve the problem.
1: But who are we? We're just two Joe schmoes that are talking NFL draft stuff. We actually have some experts going to be joining us to talk about some of these NFL draft prospects, what the charge can do, and who they could possibly get. So be on the lookout these coming weeks for some. Big names in the NFL draft circles uh, to help us get you more in the know of these Chargers draft prospects and possibilities. But until then, Jake Hefner at Jake T. Hefner, myself at Dan W. Sports. Folks, have a great weekend. Again, if you have not already done so, please take 5-10 seconds. Go hit the YouTube subscribe, like buttons. Uh, follow us wherever you guys find us on your podcast. It uh, does a lot to help us out as we continue to grow this thing out for you and for Chargers fans everywhere. Thank you so much. Enjoy the weekend. And Jake, we're talking draft, baby. We're talking draft. We're here. We're here. Are you going to go see Ant-Man? <laughs> Man, come on. <laughs> of course. I already got the tickets for tonight,
0: baby. <laughs> I got dinner reservations and then the movie afterward. That is the so, tradition with
1: me. Te- yes. Teppanyaki. Epignaki, Attaboy, and Marvel. There we go. Great combination. So, next episode, we're going to get a quick Marvel recap of your review of the show, of the movie. All right. Enjoy (laughs) the movie. Enjoy your food. We'll talk to you guys next time on Chargers Unleashed.